Hello, this is Charlotte, and welcome to the second episode of Free Therapy. Um, thank you so much for all of the support this past week. Since I published the first episode, it's been great seeing people who were listeners when it was a radio show coming back and streaming the podcast and just, you know, seeing how everything has changed so much since I first uploaded it. I'm super excited to post even more new episodes as well. So this week's episode is another previously aired episode, and this one is called Our Society's Images of OCD, and it was originally aired on October 17th, 2020. Um, I'm really excited to share this episode with you guys, and then at the end, I'm going to do kind of the same thing I did last time with reflecting on what life was like when I first made this episode versus how it is now. I think it's going to be really interesting, especially considering I've received um, a tremendous amount of treatment for my OCD and my opinions on how society views it have evolved. Obsessive Compulsive Disorder personality disorder characterized by excessive orderliness, perfectionism, attention to details, and a need for control in relating to others. The definition, fit neatly into one sentence, makes it kind of seem like less of what it is. In reality, obsessive-compulsive disorder has the tendency to completely take over someone's life. I know for me, personally, it did. I'd like to break apart the definition I just read. First of all, we'll start with the notion that it is a personality disorder. A personality disorder is a way of thinking, feeling, and behaving that deviates from the expectations of the culture, causes distress or problems functioning, and lasts over time. Other personality disorders include paranoid, schizoid, schizotypal, antisocial, borderline, histrionic, narcissistic, avoidant, dependent, and obsessive-compulsive. Essentially, all this means is that people diagnosed with obsessive-compulsive disorder think differently than the norms of society. Second, let's talk about excessive orderliness. This isn't present in every person diagnosed with obsessive-compulsive disorder, but it is present enough to warrant a place in the definition. Someone with this symptom might have a room spick and span, everything consistently in its place. Third, we'll talk perfectionism. This relates more to having everything done in a specific way or manner. This is usually where the misconceptions regarding obsessive-compulsive disorder come into play, especially self-diagnoses. Just because somebody may like things in a specific way does not mean they have obsessive-compulsive disorder. Next, attention to details. People with OCD, including myself, tend to focus on the small things in whatever we are doing, whether it comes to classwork or arts and crafts or an argument we are having. It can be frustrating to have to have everything perfect down to the last minute detail. And finally, a need for control in relating to others. Essentially, this means that people with OCD tend to want everything in order when it comes to relationships. No loose ties or drama. It's like there is an imbalance in the order of things when there is something difficult going on in one's social life. memory of displaying signs and symptoms of obsessive compulsive order was at the age of seven when I was in the first grade. I vividly remember picking out a rock each day on the playground and shoving it in the back pocket of my backpack. 
I developed a connection to the rocks and saw them as sentient creatures with feelings. By the time the end of the year came around, I didn't even notice that my backpack probably weighed more than I did. My mom went to clean out my backpack at the end of the year, but picked it up and nearly dropped the thing, or so she tells me. She went through the front, front pocket and found heaps upon heaps of little pebbles, each one different from the last. Of course, in her mind, she saw these rocks from the playground that we could just put outside. I threw a fit when she tried to. The rocks had feelings, emotions. I took care of them and needed them to be happy. The same thing has happened since then, with nearly every inanimate object around me, especially those with faces. This is a common sign of obsessive-compulsive disorder. I smile at my stuffed animals and give them hugs when I leave the room. I see a lone lamp at the store and smile at it, then buy it so it won't sit all alone on the nearly empty shelf. I hoard things that remind me of events or things or people. I've started keeping a memory jar for this, and it's helping a lot. It's just a lot of useless papers. The thing is, I know what I'm doing is irrational. I know the objects in front of me don't have feelings or emotions, but for some reason, I perceive that they do. Over quarantine, I went on a cleaning bender for a week or so and threw away everything in my room that I didn't need anymore, like papers and useless little things. I remember it being easy at first, then slow turning back to putting all the now crumpled papers back to where they were. Eventually, I got them all thrown out because who needs worksheets from 8th grade science? But it was an extremely difficult task. Hence, why hoarding ends up one of the outcomes of OCD. My mom used to joke that I would be on the show hoarding Buried Alive. Of course, the problem never really got that bad. Everything I had could be put somewhere, but open up a drawer and it's spilling out. I've been able to combat it in the past few years by realizing what I was doing was irrational and speaking to someone about it. I first opened up about my feelings in 8th grade. Of course, this isn't my only symptom of OCD. I'd like to talk to about a few others in just a second. The sense of touch is probably my strongest symptom. It isn't what is usually seen as OCD when someone isn't really sure what the illness is. I've had this symptom as long as I can remember as well. My mom tells me she used to notice me bumping into things or touching things and going back and doing the same with the other side of my body, then again with the original and again with the second. For example, I would touch a shoe with one hand, then touch it with the other hand, then again with the first and again with the second. She was boggled by what I could possibly be doing. It took me until about 8th grade to realize what I was doing. I was making things, quote-unquote, even. It got to the point where I would have to repeat this process at least 20 times before being able to move on. It was, and still is, so frustrating that it has led me to tears. My hands, or elbows, or pinky toe, or whatever it was that touched an object feels uneven or dirty. It's a sensation inside of my body that makes me feel queasy until it is evened out. In fact, earlier today, when I was finishing up the plan for this episode, I had a few minutes where my hands felt uneven on the keyboard, and I had to touch my fingertips together to get them to feel even again. I missed a few times and had to do it over and over. Getting stared at when I'm bonking into a wall with my shoulder over and over is perhaps one of the most excruciating pains. Other people look at me with a strange eye, seeing what I'm doing. I know it's illogical what I'm doing, but my body feels ridiculously uncomfortable if I don't do what it is telling me. 
A final symptom I'd like to talk about is intrusive thoughts. This is really difficult for me to talk about, but I think it's important to bring up. Though this isn't my worst symptom, it's one that resides inside of my mind and the minds of many other people with obsessive compulsive disorder. Intrusive thoughts are perhaps the most horrifying symptom of OCD. If someone is driving, they may think, I will drive this car off of the road. Of course, that's not their brain telling them that. It's their obsessive compulsive disorder. It's hard to overcome these intrusive thoughts, but by realizing they are irrational is the first step. I can't even begin to count how many times I've heard someone say, I'm so OCD. As someone who's been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, it's about the most infuriating thing I've ever heard. Usually people say this in reference to items being lined up perfectly or their room being clean. Most of the time I know people aren't ill-intentioned with their words. However, when people say things like this, it diminishes a mental illness that I live and struggle with every day. It's painful. Obsessive compulsive disorder is not just liking things in order. From my own experience and after speaking to many others who have been diagnosed, I can state that having an illness is not just that simple. I'd like you to go back and think about a time where you realized you like to be organized. Maybe it was your desk or your clothing. Did you say to someone, I'm so OCD? If you have, maybe this is a time to step back and reflect. Where did this statement come from? Perhaps it was society's implications that OCD is within everyone. Perhaps it was the normalization of the term OCD. Maybe if we begin to use the full term, obsessive compulsive disorder, people will realize the full effect of what disorder really means. Going forward, I hope that the listeners of the show will realize what it means to say, especially what it means for someone with OCD to hear, I'm so OCD. It's essentially a shot at someone who struggles to live within the normal ebb and flow of their life because of an illness, just because someone wants to quantify just how organized they like being. If you ever hear someone say the phrase, I'm so OCD, I implore you to say something to that person, even if you don't have OCD. My go-to response includes a, I'm sure you didn't mean it this way, a little sprinkle of, it's really insensitive, and finally, please try not to say that again. As for what to say to someone experiencing debilitating symptoms of OCD, I just recommend being there for them for support. One of my friends from back home, Quint, used to tap me or let me know whenever I was experiencing my touch symptoms if I didn't recognize them. He helped me realize that I will not die if I don't touch something and make it even. It was really helpful and instrumental in my growth to where I am today. So Quint, if you're listening, thank you. last episode, I gave you all an assignment of sorts. It was to do the grounding exercise we tried out at least once every day. I really hope that helped you come into a more centered experience in the past two weeks. I know that I have been doing it all along with you all, and I am already feeling calmer amongst all of this turmoil in the world and in my life. While we have some time left, I'd love to do another grounding exercise. This time will be more simple. I'll have you breathe with me. First of all, I'd like you to take one deep breath in. Now, breathe out and slowly close your eyes. Picture your favorite color in your mind, just an entire splash of it all over your brain. 
Let it warm you up and bring you into a state of happiness. Now, breathe with me. In. Out. In. In, out, in, and out. Now, come back to where you are now. This coming week, I'd like you to notice times when you say or think something that may be ableist and may come off as offensive to people with a mental illness. Each time this happens, I want you to write down or think about a reflection you can have about why you might have said or thought this. Has it been ingrained in you since childhood? Is it the society we live in? Is it because the term has been so normalized? I think that exploring our own implicit responses can help us all grow. I hope you have enjoyed this second episode of Grief Therapy. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. episode really interesting to go back and listen to um I think (laughs) the week before I recorded it someone said I'm so OCD and I was just so frustrated with it because my symptoms were having a really really bad flare-up um and I also didn't really cover that in the episode like how OCD tends to come and go in waves at least for me and some people that I've talked to um it's really frustrating because I'll be having a really good time. Like my symptoms won't be super bad and then they'll be really bad for like two months. And that happened to me like, mm, I want to say four months ago, I was having really bad tactile responses um, and needing to touch things to make them even. And it's kind of gone away, not entirely, not nearly, um, but it's less completely intrusive. And it's really interesting that I didn't talk about that because that was one of the main things that really, really bothered me about <laughs> OCD. Um, but yeah, it is it is really frustrating. And I agree with uh, October 2020 Charlotte that it's very frustrating when people um, say, oh, I'm so this, I'm so OCD, when... You just like being organized. Sorry, I just had to swallow. Um, Because OCD is not just, you know, being organized. I am not really that good at organizing. I like things being pretty, but I'm terrible at organizing. I'm looking around my room right now, and it's a mess. I have, like, clothes on the floor, coffee cups, lots of water bottles, an open bag of chips. Like, I'm I'm not an organized person, so I wouldn't really say I'm so OCD but then I go and have to tap the wall six times before I go to bed. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it is really interesting also looking back in my childhood and seeing how those symptoms have literally been there since day one, (laughs) pretty much. Um, And I also implore you, you know, if you're dealing with symptoms of OCD, to reach out and get help because there are so many people who can help you. Um, And whether you want to do, you know, talk therapy, um, or you want to go on medication, or you want to do a combo of both, which is what I do, 
it's really, really helpful, and there are people out there to help you, and also people with OCD that you can talk to about it. Um, That's one of the biggest things that's helped me, is reaching out and getting support and help. Um, Yeah, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, if you're experiencing symptoms, please, please reach out. Um, And I hope you have a wonderful week. I will see you back next week with another one of these previously aired episodes. And until then, keep grounding, keep taking care of yourself, keep eating, keep hydrating, keep moving your body. Have a wonderful week.